Hello, everyone. This is the end. The end of times. Welcome to the end. The best, the best of times, the worst of times, the end of times. My name is Andy, and I'm here with my two fellows in command. Let's go with Elliot and Matt. Yeah, I haven't listened to any metal today, so uh, that was the most metal thing I've heard about the end today. Yes. I mean, you guys today. sound kind of happy about it. I'm thrilled. <laughs> I, I've got a lot of debt, Elliot. I'm... I got nothing to lose. I got nothing to lose. Yeah, I got that. And I just feel sometimes I feel like dying, like isn't going to solve it. Like, I feel like they'll come after me, you know? Oh my Good God. luck. Bring it. Yeah. It's horrifying. I can't sleep. I'll live forever because I'm never paying these off and they will not let me leave. Yep. Welcome to the Poor Pearls Almanac, everybody. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Part three of the Icelandic financial crisis of 2008. Elliot. This is your big moment. You're wrapping us up for the season. Give me that goodness. Hopefully I can bring this to an end because I've done a terrible job so far speaking in the Icelandic. So I'm sorry about that. It's been beautiful. As a fellow non-Icelandic speaking person, I will say your your accent is just impeccable. And I'm very qualified for that. That literally means nothing to me, but thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. So we are back with part three of the Icelandic financial crisis of 2008. But it feels like it was more recent than that. Or does it just keep happening? I can't really tell the difference. Did it ever really end? No. The answer is no. So we are now in September of 2008 during this whole fiasco. The Icelandic economic sort of shit hit the fan moment. In response to the collapse and the negligence and greed that created it, parts of the Icelandic public had arranged protests against the central bank, the parliament, and the government's alleged lack of responsibility before and after the crisis, attracting between 3,000 and 6,000 people, between 1% to 2% of Iceland's population. On Saturdays, they congregated and had the pots and pans revolution, or that's what it culminated in. In October 2008, the UK Prime Minister Gordon Brown used provisions in Part 2 of the Anti-Terrorism, Crime, and Security Act that came out in 2001. He used this to freeze lands bank and holdings in the United Kingdom. And Iceland's Prime Minister, Gerhard, at the time protested against what he described as a terrorist law being applied against us, meaning Iceland's terrorists, because they defrauded the United Kingdom and their investors and people who had money in the bank of a whole lot of money. He said it was a completely unfriendly act. Wow. Uh, those are strong words, unfriendly, when you're trying to steal money and not pay it back. And the other people are like, no, you're not doing that. You are going to give us our money and let us keep it. Unfriendly is not the word I would use on either side, for that matter. It's uh, pretty, pretty peak Britain. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't this the Icelandic guy? Hmm? The, it's an unfriendly act. He said oh, it was a completely unfriendly act of yeah. the prime minister because they used terrorist legislation or basically the British version of the Patriot Act. They used that to basically say that they had broke the law and that they needed to indemnify indemnify their holders because that money was insured and they needed to make good on it. Yeah. Iceland's not getting out of this one. This is not America. This is not Trump's America or UK, <laughs> I guess. Like They're not letting that shit slip. Nope. So in early 2008, the president of Iceland, here we go. Give it to me. Ulafur Ragnar Grimson. Ragnar. Most Icelandic shit I've ever heard. I did a pretty good job. I fucking love Ra the name Ragnar. It's pretty sweet. So at an informal lunch with foreign diplomats, 
Grimson criticized Iceland's traditional friends, particularly Britain, Sweden, and Denmark, as well as the IMF. According to a memo from the Norwegian embassy, he suggested, or maybe a better way to put it would be threatened, that the Russians want to use Catholic airbase, basically saying he was going to let the Russians come in and get a little bit closer. The Russian ambassador replied that they had no need for it and that they weren't interested. (laughs) oh shit that's like when trump tried to buy greenland and they're like no thanks we don't want to be a part of america yeah that would have been wild though if that was like a russian airbase there because that's like a very like strategic nato like corridor yeah yeah there that suddenly opens up a lot of issues for basically everything nato Mm -hmm. well i guess they don't have to worry about that now because they got what is it the port of odessa they got that now so they're good in the Ukraine up north. (laughs) Yeah, basically the same thing. Anyway, back to Iceland. The president is quoted to have said that Iceland would soon recover, even if they had to fight alone, and that he does not necessarily agree with the government on these issues. Wait, so the president of Iceland said he doesn't agree with his own government on the issues that he was advocating for? Or is he talking about the The, British government? The foreign governments, yes. The foreign governments, gotcha. So he's basically like... Fuck you, fuck you, fuck Russia, you, you guys are yeah. cool, fuck you. I'm and then out. Russia's like, no thanks. Yep. And, Russia, and he was like, cool, everyone sucks except for us because you won't let us fucking can't just not pay our debts or not give you your money. Yeah, it's a shit show, like I said. <laughs> it, it gets better, though. So angered by the British decision... Iceland decided to submit a formal complaint to NATO about their move. And it also provoked more than 80,000 Icelanders, about 25% of the population, to sign online petitions and set up under the heading, Icelanders are not terrorists. They were pissed off that they were being considered terrorists because the Icelandic people actually had nothing to do with any of this. It was actually the banks that had propped all of this up for so long. And then now they're getting labeled as you know thieves and terrorists and not being put in a good light on the world stage, right? Mm. Listen, when white people steal money, it's not a terrorist problem. It's a... It's not even a crime. It, it's, it just means we got to write better laws. It's a clerical error. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't count. They get vacation packages. Something like that. I don't know. From what I've seen in the United States, it seems to be a pretty good business to be in. I got a loan once. <laughs> Credit card interest rates is ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. You got to see what you got to do is go in. Remember Fred the Second? Fred the Second. Remember Fred? Yeah, I know you don't know who Fred oh, the Second okay. is. You missed that one. Yes. You remember from Fred the, the Second from the, from the Sun Chokes? Yes, I do. Yeah. I do remember. Yeah, you got to have that kind of energy. You just walk into a bank and say, "Listen, I'm buying." Drop a map on the ground. Get a cup. Pour it on the guy's face. Put the cup upside down on the map. Circle where the cup is. Say, "I'm buying this land on the map right now." <laughs> How much money do I need to get as a loan for this and give it to me? That That's what you got to do. It's, it's what white men have been doing for thousands of years. That explains so many things. Doesn't it? Yeah. Have you, se- have you seen how- the Louisiana state- Purchase? What the fuck is that about? <laughs> <laughs> that was very giant Jerry Seinfeld right there, Elliot. Is that good or bad? I don't, I don't know. Did it hit? You know did the it, answer. Did it land? I mean, <laughs> what's up with that? <laughs> That's my best impression I think I've done in 160 episodes. My God, Iceland's going to write a petition about us about this episode because it's not <laughs> even should. about them anymore. It's just... I-, I would be offended if I was Iceland. I'm just saying. Shout out to all our Icelandic 
listeners, I guess. Yeah, what's up, Iceland? How you guys doing? We love you all, just not your government. Or at least we'll, we'll get we'll, there. We'll, bangs. We'll get there. So I have one last player that's going to enter the conversation. Actually, I think I may have mentioned him way back in the first episode, and I've been bloviating on and on and on about this situation. But I'm referring to Jared Bibler. He wrote a sort of memoir and tell-all about this whole situation in his book, Iceland's Secret, The Untold Story of the World's Biggest Con. And I did pull a lot of the information from that and also from um, another paper that's sourced in the notes. So, Jared, he previously worked at Landsbanken, one of the big three banks, but he quit in October of 2008 because basically he was not cool with doing shady trades. Uh, he sniffed it out, wasn't comfortable with it, asked some questions, was put in some awkward situations. They were going to force him out. He ended up leaving, basically. Fraud. What's the deal with that? Right. <laughs> Can't do it twice. Sorry. Sorry to all our Seinfeld fans. You all hate me now, and you should to be fair. Jared leaves uh, right before the collapse and then flash forward about a year and a half later, and he's heading the investigation team for the Financial Supervisory Board, or the FME, as it's known in Iceland. He's heading the investigation and has picked a team and is going after these banks. He got to go after the people who basically bent him over. And I kind of find it a really cathartic part of the story, especially when I read it in his book, how it comes about where he didn't feel right. He did what he thought was, you know, the right situation without, I don't know, becoming a whistleblower or becoming, you know, a squeaky wheel or any of that. He, he bowed out gracefully, basically. You know what I mean? And then after all of that, he gets approached because he's an expert in the field that he was probably doing a really good job in at the bank. And then it turns out that he's heading the board because he knows exactly what they're looking for to find the crime. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like a good movie. Yeah, it's the happy ending. It's the happy ending that we never get in movies because for some reason we keep making the bad guys and these types of movies the good guys. Wear underwears and a cape? I, I was going to go with like Leonardo DiCaprio in um, Wolf of Wall Street. We just keep doing that. We're like, this guy's terrible. And everyone's like, oh my God, I want to be just like him. Like you missed the point of the movie. You idiot. There's two two sides to every... No, Elliot, don't, don't do that to me, <laughs> I don't buddy. Know. The pendulum swings. I'm trying to be, I got to say something good. Uh, do you, do you, Are you trying to be the wolf? I will have fries with that. Wall Street? I, I don't have anything to say. The I'm just going go, to go back to the story now because I don't have You know that. what that just reminded me of, though? Remember when Rage Against the Machine played on Wall Street? Yes. That was awesome. Yeah. Matt, do you know who Rage Against the Machine is? Yeah, Matt? I knew. Right? Listen to some of the stuff. <laughs> Oh my God! Some of the stuff he says. Um, you're just killing me here. But isn't one of them like a real weenie now? A, a real weenie. Uh, is there one that's a weenie? Man? Oh, I feel yeah. like it, it was kind of a joke uh, that one of the Rage Against the Machine guys went really corporate. Uh, I don't think so. Not Tom's Tom? kind of got. Tom's a little Zach? bit like boomerish, but Zach is a maniac. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it was Zach. I think it was Tom. Oh, uh, maybe yeah, I'm Tom. thinking of a different band altogether. Well, Tom got in some hot water for, he tweeted this thing about how kids don't want to practice guitar anymore. And that's why like oh. non-guitar music is like popular. And I was like, listen, I like a lot of things about you, but buddy, maybe keep that one to yourself. <laughs> like there, we all, as we get older, we all have boomer thoughts. Kids you gotta keep that shit, practice like, guitar anymore. Push that shit down. Like just push it down. Like we all got to do it. But yeah, so that's maybe what you're thinking of but i think i'm thinking of another punk band that anyway 
Oh, there's a lot of shitty people that were in punk bands. It's funny what money does. <laughs> anyway. Rage Against Machine, if you haven't listened to nope, is it I was Bulls getting... on Parade, was that the one that they did on Rage, on uh, Wall Street? It was either Sleep Now in the Fire or Testify. Yes, yeah, Sleep or, Now in the Fire. Testify. That's it. It was Sleep Now in the I Fire. Sleep Now in the Fire. Yeah, what a fucking great song. Yeah, buddy. Matt, let's, Matt write that down. Put it on the list. Yeah. All right. We're, we're going to do a whole episode on Sleep Now in the Fire. I will. I'll tell you about it. 2000, back in 2007, I seen it. <laughs> so one of the cool things, though, against Rage Against the Machine before we move on is that they, they did a lot of, like, in the early 90s, songs about, like, the Zapatistas. And, like, as, like, a 10-year-old, I had no idea what the fuck they were talking about. I thought it was just dude in black hoods with AKs. Yeah, and then like the older I got, I was like, actually, this is pretty fucking cool. So if you don't know Rage Against the Machine, go check out their early work. I'm trying to think of their old album names. Self-titled. Yeah. And the kid, the superhero kid. I can't remember the name of it. Evil Empire. Evil Empire. Great album. That one's, I think, the best. Go check those out. Maybe they're sponsoring this episode. We'll have to find out by listening to this commercial. I'll put a song in, sure. <laughs> Wait, do we have to pay them? I mean, if I hum it, I don't think it counts as copyright infringement. Oh, you want to you want to do it acapella? Then you got to do the bass. We'll do it at the end. <laughs> See, it, it's it's ultimately cross promotion. It should We're, just yeah, be it, like they should be paying us. Listen, Andy, you're getting too excited. We're gonna put that at the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, you can practice later. Okay, fine. All right, commercial. Let's do this. Hey, we're taking a quick break in the episode to remind you that you can get a whole lot more information from poorproles.com. On our website, we have access to our supplemental reader for the podcast, which provides more depth and context, as well as thorough citations for all of the stuff we talk about in the show. You can also sign up for our newsletter, which updates you about limited releases, such as various nursery stock that we sometimes sell through the Poor Proles website, as well as updates about new merch that we have. You can also support the show through that website, poorproles.com, where you have access to our Patreon and our Substack to get early releases for articles and episodes. Now, if you enjoy the show and are just looking for even more audio content, go check out Tomorrow Today, which just wrapped up season one, or tune into the Gastropocene, which is a project of myself and Dr. Aisha Khan to discuss the way our diets have driven the Anthropocene and what it looks like to use our diets for good. Now, back to the show. And we're back, and Elliot is warmed up for this concert of all concerts. After I was so bizarrely interrupted. <laughs> bizarrely. I don't know how that could have happened. No. So, in Iceland, in April of 2009, Jared had created a team and led them to submit a case against Copthing Bank, one of the big three banks, to the Icelandic authorities with another Ulifer Hawksen this time, not Grimson, Ulifer Hawksen, Hawksen, I can't even... I don't even know how to say that. No, you got it. He's Hawkins' son, so you got it. Hawkson. 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 I see. You threw me. I. There's so many ways you can pronounce that. The new prosecutor. He's new, driven, and emboldened, and he's hungry for some blood. This guy. He wants to go after these people. He's the Wolf of Wall Street, but not the one that they thought. Like the literal wolf. I don't know if Iceland has a Wall Street, Andy. I really don't know that. I'm. I'm sure they do, but it's like called the Wall Stefan Street or something. <laughs> Was that racist? I'm sorry. Yeah, Matt, you're my. Was yeah, it? you need to you need to sort of get on the horn with Iceland now and 
sort of apologize. Was that one of those ones I should have like pushed down? I think we need Icelandic sensitivity classes. We need a <laughs> yeah. we need HR. I used to work in HR, so I'll make I'll make a class. I'll make a thirty minute class that you have to watch. That I have to sleep through. It's a slide deck for sure. There there is a quiz at the end to let me know that you were paying attention and we're gonna shove those feelings down down deep, right? Take your own advice. Take your own advice and have a little bit more whiskey, okay, bud? I am drinking Market Basket brand black cherry seltzer. Whoa. That's what you're calling whiskey now? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a real it's a real winner. Let's go with that. Okay, so I'm getting back to Jared. He and his team had a report, and in this report, he found that all the big three banks had done illegal shit starting in 2004 up into the collapse. So they had about four years worth of solid dirt that they could use to build this case. The banks had conducted a large-scale share support racket that amounted to securities fraud by providing massive loans to British Virgin Island-based shell companies for the sole purpose of secretly buying up bank shares to inflate the share price, using only the shares themselves as collateral. So they used their own money to buy bank shares, and the only collateral on the loans that they were doing this with was the money itself. Oh, my God. So they were stealing it, spending it, and receiving it, like, all like together, all at the same time. I'm telling you, this is Fred the Second all over again. Do we? Are we sure he was not in Iceland in 2008? We don't know that. We don't know that. Have you seen Iceland and Fred the Second in the same room at the same time? <laughs> that is that is the question we should be asking ourselves right now. Or the big three Icelandic banks. I think we just started our first conspiracy, boys. I think we did. I think we're changing the uh, podcast now. New format. It's only Fred the Second. Yeah, we're, we're tracking him down. <laughs> all right, just so I don't get in the weeds with all the details and drag this out any further than it has to, I realized after going over all the financial white-collar crime that all of this sounds so familiar. And if you watch you know, Bloomberg or any news outlet with stock tickers, you see stories like this all the time. The talking heads never mention it, of course, but if you read the little blurbs on the side, there's fraud investigations all the time at banks, and then you never hear about what happened with the investigation. But- here and my small slice of America, that my little bubble that I live in, I don't know. Maybe I just never follow up with it. Do you guys ever hear about anything that happens like that? They usually just get fined, and that's like a little it. slap on the wrist, and then and then like and then conti- like continue on doing whatever you were doing. Yeah, it's like you stole a hundred million dollars. We're gonna hit you with a thirty million dollar fine. They're like, that's literally less than the taxes on it. Right. Like okay. And then nobody goes to jail. Yeah, and then they use that money to do it again. Right. That's now been cleaned by paying penalties on it. I want to invent gigantic handcuffs that we can put around corporations. Like the buildings themselves? They, or... should, be, they should be able to get, yeah, yeah, the whole building. They should be able to get arrested just like people and it should be embarrassing. I think that's a called a bomb. No, it's like a, like a boot, <laughs> like a car boot, but like for a building. <laughs> just on all the doors. If it's a stock boot, it'd be just a chains and Chains and padlocks, I guess. Doesn't have to be. I was thinking of the imagery of like literally a giant pair of handcuffs you put on a building. Yeah, that would be cool though. I mean, where where do you That's store like that? Schoolhouse rock animation. But I want the point <laughs> to get across that when these when they do crime, like you get treated like if you have the same rights as a person and you can vote with your money and shit. Like you should. We're get, gonna put that fucking building in prison. You should get arrested and beat in the street like everybody else who gets arrested for doing crime. I'm pretty sure that's called a riot, but yeah, I I am in support of this. Sounds fun. So riots Let's are just like now we mass. just need to figure out how to put that on a bumper sticker. Yes, 
Riots are Handcuffs the... for buildings makes no sense and would definitely go on a bumper <laughs> sticker. Yeah. Riots are riots are police for buildings. Look at that. Riots are police for bank buildings? I don't know. I'm sure if it was like a pair of like doors that had the handles that like come out, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like a big thing of glass and the handles come yes. out. Regular handcuffs would work. They would. Yeah, but that's not symbolic. I mean, it does work. Like, if you walk by the bank and it's like it's got handcuffed, it's like, oh, that bank did something wrong. Like, you know, you know, you'd see it. Or just a bike lock. You need some finesse with it, though, you know? Like, flair. My God. Okay. Let's find out who went to jail in Iceland. Yes. Tell me about the jails, Elliot. They're probably nicer than my house. So to wrap this up, the Icelandic citizens ultimately held the hard administration to account. And in all, Iceland had far and away the highest incidence of jailing for any fraud incident, which was happening in every country at the time in 2008. All the banks were committing major fraud. The Icelandic people had 25 of the 47 cases that accounted for somebody going to jail. People were punished for the crimes that they committed, which is the best part of the story. Hell yeah. 25 bankers uh, served jail time as a result of the crisis in Iceland. It took roughly five years to investigate, hold trials, and prosecute. And in April of 2012, Gerhard of Iceland became the only politician to be convicted as a result of the crisis. Chief executives, account managers, traders, and chairmen from four banks were sentenced to terms between six months and five and a half years for everything from market manipulation to gross breach of fiduciary duty, which is a bank's main job. Do our American banks know that? I mean, do you read any of the fine print? Do you even know that? <laughs> I don't know that. All right, then. Sign right here for me. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I have a credit yeah. card. Uh, Tricked me again tricked you again i used to work at a bank i'm really good at it by the way i'm giving a hundred thousand dollars to this bank what <laughs> yeah so by january of 2018 the total number of investigations was 202 with 23 of the cases ending up in court 13 of the cases ended with guilty verdicts only four were found not guilty and six were pending later trial dates the investigation revealed some eye-popping information about what really happened during all of the chaos in the years leading up to it. And almost half of the loans made by Icelandic banks were to those shell corporations, aka themselves, and tied to the banks that I mentioned earlier. So out of all that money, which was almost you know nine times the gross domestic product of Iceland itself, half of that was going to fund this whole fraud fiasco, which lets you know how huge and like i don't know that's just so massive yeah that's wild they basically did exactly what enron did except they they did it at the size of enron but in an economy that was probably one one hundredth the size of the united right. states which is just like unimaginable the scale that had on the economy but like corruption and greed just seem like such small words when you think of the scale of like what they did and how they leveraged mm -hmm. you know people's futures and like their lives to like do that it's literally like if fred ii got a loan for 60 square miles and then like buried it through shell companies yeah so i understood at the time i knew iceland was having protests and i knew that obviously the economy was bad but I didn't really understand how it would take a country like Iceland, you know, the economy collapsing and the people take to the streets, like yelling at the government. I knew there was something more going on there. 
And then reading about this and refreshing my memory about what had happened, even though I had lived through it, really got like a, you know, that hindsight 2020 where they have all of these facts and all of this proof. And it's just like, wow, like these people were, they got screwed over. That's their money, their livelihood, their futures, their, you know, everything is mortgaged on everything. And the government allowed it to happen with lax regulation. And they even had regulation that opened the doors to allow, allow this greed and corruption to sort of proliferate without just taking things into consideration that it could happen, I think. You know what I mean? The market provides. It will guide itself because of rigorous competition, Elliot. I can't believe this happened. Do you have nothing to add to that, Matt? Not really. No. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, just the market's always right. And um, uh, that's you, know, the you heard there. it here first. The free market yeah. is always right. The, fr- the freer the market, the freer the people, Matt. Yep. Checks out. Regulators. <laughs> we regulated <laughs> me stealing of this property for damn good, too. Sorry, I just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well played. Are you thirsty? No? Do you want to be? Try bean curd with twice the chewiness of a sponge and half the flavor of dough. What could be better? Nothing. Take your high protein block of cardboard and make a great meal incredibly mediocre. Say it with me now. Herd your thirst with curd. Can you smell what the rock is cooking? Because it's bean curd. Learn more about the power of bean curd at poorproles.com. Stay thirsty, friends. So, loans were lent and shares were given to employees and associates of the banks that they worked at these banks. And they were given loans on terms that basically allowed them to use the shares as collateral. Borrowers were allowed to defer paying interest on loans until the end of the loan period when the whole amount plus interest accrued was due. AKA a, a balloon, balloon loan. Payment. Yes, a balloon payment. You don't have to pay yes. any money, but at the end, you got to pay everything all at once after you've made like a whole bunch of money. It's, it's also what the mob does. <laughs> Supposed, supposedly, endless money for forever. The loans were allegedly written off days before the banks became insolvent. So Copthing Bank had allowed a Qatari investor to purchase 5% of its shares with money from a loan that it had provided to the investor. So they gave him a loan and then let him buy shares in the company. Wow. That's fucking ruthless. And I'm sure this is at the end when they needed a cash injection. Um, I did read about this and the trades were getting more and more ridiculous by the day because they needed cash and they didn't have, uh, nobody would lend them short-term credit because they didn't have the money to pay it back based on their books. And this is on the international market. It, it was a cra- crazy fiasco what they did, but basically like it got too big to feed itself and they had to keep feeding the monster and like this crazy shit happened. Huge, huge crimes. Yeah. It's wild. Much like our buddy, I'm going to just keep, so if you haven't listened to the Sunchoke episode or series, Fred go II. listen to that. But Fred II and his buddy Dwyer, remember Dwyer didn't understand how they could be cash heavy and not be making money. He was like, but we have money in the bank. And they're like, it's yeah, all but spent. It's, you've already like promised it to other people. He's like, I don't really understand it, but we have cash, so it's fine. Right. <laughs> it was that, except when the payment was due. He was one of those people that basically when he got paid, he understood that it was good. But paying other people, he didn't understand it. So 
and didn't like it because that means less it meant less money. So if you don't do it, then you just <laughs> have more money and the stuff that you didn't pay for, which is fucking stealing. <laughs> that's that's just sound business. That's yeah, in Iceland apparently. Yes. I, I, You'd be shocked how many company countries or companies actually do that though. They just don't pay debts like a lot of companies. It's fucking wild. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, I don't. I've worked at a lot of companies, Andy. A lot of them do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's wild how many are just like, yeah, we're not going to pay that bill. It's not a priority. If they don't ever do business with us, whatever. If they need it, they'll come. They'll come get it. <laughs> oh, man, I got stories. I don't, I don't share them on here for reasons, but man, I got stories. Turn the mics off. Damn. Well, Proles after dark. Maybe I'll talk about it. Enjoy the next 20 minutes of silence, listeners, while we hear the story. So, yeah. Everybody went to jail, but I, I got to the end at the end of my my little research, my little dive into the internet to find as much information on this as I could. And I, I found one article that really pointed it out at the end that Iceland did have the most convictions and they did send a bunch of people to prison for it. But luckily for the, all of these white, white collar thieves, Iceland has some of the plushest jails in the world with an ethos framed around actual rehabilitation rather than punishment and prisoners are allowed flat screen tvs up to 26 inches personal computers and games and they can even apply to leave as often as once a month after they've served one third of their sentence so essentially my retirement plan is to make it to iceland write a few hundred bad checks get medical treatment in jail say sorry and then maybe live at the base of a volcano for the end of the, end, the rest of my days it's end, end days now so I, that won't be long like six months tops yeah so i gotta be able to afford that right by then and if not i'm just gonna i'll live in the volcano they got those right they're still active yeah it's like that scene from um from the incredibles that's just a regular jail cell yes (laughs) so they went to jail they found inner peace and lived my college dream so Cool. Yeah, like I said, it's really not that hard to get an Icelandic jail. How many checks? How many checks do you think? I, do they even allow checks in Iceland anymore? After this whole shit, probably not. Uh, I, I would imagine at least some. I don't even know what a kroner looks like. Yeah. <sighs> All I know is when I went to Iceland, and did I tell this story already? But when I went to Iceland, and I misunderstood the currency translation. No. So I went to Iceland, and I didn't, couldn't figure out the kronos, and I was super hungover, and. It was like our second day there and we went shopping and there was this bag my partner really wanted. And I was like, yeah, it's like 2,200 chronos. I was like, oh, it's 22 bucks. Sure. Whatever. Who gives a shit? And it turned out to be $220. So she's got a $220 backpack that now she will be buried with because it was a $220 backpack. So that is my story of Iceland. I mean, it sounds like a nice backpack. It it. it it is. I don't know if it's a two hundred dollar backpack, but it's no. It is because that's what you paid for. I guess they're like these stupid fucking Americans. I'm pretty sure they're like, look at these poor pieces of shit in this store. What the fuck are you doing here? And then when I was like, yeah, we're buying this bag, they're like, oh, they're not here to steal the dirty Americans. <laughs> that is a good Icelandic impression. It wasn't it. I was dead on. I, I don't think I could do it again. I was just so in character. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so Elliot, yeah. this has been. Very interesting episode. I know so much more about Iceland and its various government officials that went to prison. 
But what's more interesting is that it is the last episode of the oh. season before the summer. Oh, we did it! This is the end. Of, this is the end of the season, guys. It's end times. Speaking of end times. Oh, that's what you meant. Yeah. So we've been going like think way back to the beginning of the season. We were talking about Fukuoka and compost. And all of the stuff we've covered since then is pretty wild. Yeah, and a lot of episodes. A lot of episodes. I think, I think it's our best season so far. I don't know about you guys, but I, I think it was. Yeah. Eh? Not that you're biased because you were in this one, but you know. I, I think we could do better. Yeah, not the. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Elliot. You keep me grounded. Yeah. Like your a head's volcano. already gigantic. You know, I'm very sensitive about that. That's because it's huge. You know it. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, it's been a really fun season. Um, I've really enjoyed everything we've done. Uh, I'm really excited for the interview series. I've got, oh, it's all recorded mostly at this point that we're recording it. When you're hearing this, it's 100% done. But uh, we've got some phenomenal guests coming up in the next couple months, people that I never would have dreamed would have been on this podcast so I, i'm really excited i i think you guys will be too and um we're already gearing up for next season sorry guys i'm gearing up for next season you guys are tired of fucking listening yeah i'm gonna take a little break <laughs> <laughs> i got should. i got big I things happening it. yeah elliot's changing yep. his life um, he's leaving us not not podcast wise but he's leaving I'm just us. moving a few hundred miles away a few it's hundred a few, just okay. a few What's a few hundred miles between friends, you know? What's a few thousand miles between friends? Elliot. It's not it's not even Elliot. that it's not even that far. You're closer it's like you're six... closer than I am right now to where I'm Wait, are you talking about Iceland or No. Oh. <laughs> no, that's like sixteen hundred miles that from us. That is pretty far. I'm not moving up. You know, we just need to start reading out some addresses and like figure this out. So Yeah. So Hey Google, <laughs> please navigate from. You guys are gonna dox yeah. me? No. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dox you and me at the same same time, Listen, baby. I, I, I going love a down together. All right. <laughs> See who blinks first. I welcome all. I welcome all challengers. All right. Announce yourself. So yeah, we we did a bunch of different episodes this season. We had a lot of fun. We did the seed project, which as of. Uh, this being out, hopefully people are starting to send some pictures of the cool shit they're doing. And yeah, Matt, have you had fun? It's been miserable. I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> no, Elliot. <laughs> I mean, it was like he took the words right out of my head. You know what, guys? I quit. You'll be, you'll be back. You'll no, be done. back. You love it. <laughs> uh, and, and I love yeah. it too, because misery needs company. So mm. we're, we're we're in this together, boys. Yeah. Well, it's been such a great season. It's been fun. Thank you for listening. We had we have a great time doing these deep dives. I learned so much. Andy gets to get all of this off his chest because I think if he held it inside, he would probably be crazier than he is now, which is hard to imagine. I got a yeah. lot of gray hairs. That's just trying to keep shit in my yeah. brain. Let it out, man. Let it out. I'm here for it. <laughs> it's eat. It's either this or a really big bulletin board with yarn. So, you mean the dude Charlie from Pepe It's Always Sunny? That, that's yes, there that's is me. No Pepe Lopez. <laughs> All right, guys, let's wrap this up. Uh, it's been fun. If you've enjoyed it, please find us on Patreon, Substack, and. All those things, you can buy stickers on our website now, and it costs us a lot of money to be able to do that. So please go make us at least break even. We'll so get those bumper stickers out money. to you. 
We'll yes. make them. Matt, what was the bumper sticker of the episode? Oh, I think one for this one could be the Ender's Near. <laughs> oh, this is the end. <laughs> the end is nigh. Handcuffs for buildings. Yeah. yeah. If we could find an easy way to print those out, that'd be cool. But we're we're too disorganized. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm so hopefully you guys enjoyed this. I'm wearing this. one, I'm wearing one shoe. I lost my shoe during this episode. Elliot lost his shoe. Matt is we're depressed. It's just, there's a bear behind him right now. I don't I don't know what's happening. Why is there a picture of a bear behind you? It's the uh it's a great tapestry. Is that a tapestry? It's not even a no. Yeah. How do you not know? Is it a tapestry or is it a painting? That's not a painting. It's, well, yeah, it's, it's a tapestry, but it's like um so I'm blind. Yeah. So it's fabric. Cool. All right, that's better. That's fine then. <laughs> I have no questions Impressive about that. Impressive detail. I, I like it. Thanks. Quite, quite. Um, yeah, we're going to be doing some cool stuff. I think next fall we're going to jump into some tree crop stuff. Hell yeah. So I'm I'm real pumped about that. And I know Matt is. And I know Elliot's like, what the fuck are we talking about no, exactly We're going to talk again? about trees more. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk about acorn pancakes just oh for Elliot. God. They're so... I tried yeah. them. I did. You did? I'm so proud of you. What'd I did you not like them. I got to do better. Who made them? I made them. How did you make them? Did you leach the tannins or was it was like prepackaged acorn flour? I think it was prepackaged acorn flour. I mean, you think because I feel like you either bought it or you spent like a week trying to. No, one of my friends tannins. said they had acorn flour. And he just oh, gave me the okay. thing. Cool. I didn't know where to source acorn flour. I have no idea. And I, I did. You know, it's pretty popular in parts of Europe. What? Acorn, acorn flour. Is it? Yeah. Mm. Fun fun fact for everyone. Honestly, I probably would have gone to you, Andy, for acorn flower. That's not a bad choice. So we're going to talk about tree crops in the fall, uh, and we'll see you guys over there. I'll, I'll try to get better at making acorn flapjacks. Elliot, Elliot's going to be on an acorn-only diet until fall, so we'll see how that goes. My dog loves uh, the acorns that we have like a little pool, and the acorns fall in there, and he loves drinking that water. I think he likes the tannins. Oh, that's not good for it him. makes his it makes his stomach like hurt and he hates it, but like he loves drinking that water. Uh yeah. Uh that that's not great for for your boy. I can't stop him. I've tried. Uh so I should probably plug we do have uh just to give you a taste of what's coming for the next couple months. Yeah, let, uh, let go gonna, some teasers. So we've got David Holmgren. Pretty freaking exciting. We've got Doug Tallamy which is awesome and exciting. We've got Eliza Greenman and a lot, 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 lot more. If you want to hear those very interesting conversations, you know where to find us. That's dope. Hell yeah. See you guys. See you guys in the fall. Corporal's Almanac. It's your favorite podcast. Tell all your friends, family. Tell everybody you talk to, actually. People on the street. Slip it awkwardly or naturally into conversation. Do whatever feels right for you, but just get it in there. Buy ads. Rip the episodes onto a thumb drive and drop them in prisons. Mm -hmm. Google Drive QR codes up on the street. Whatever you need to do to get the word out. Etch a sketch our logo and put it in your window as you drive around. Hundred foot, and you better not. You better not hit me bumps. <laughs> hundred foot by hundred foot spray paint mural of the three of us. I think yes would be fine. Would be a good start. Would be okay. We would take it. Holy shit, I might commission that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be such yeah, a... One of the, you can buy those used uh, billboard vinyls and just use the back of them. 
Yeah. Free billboard. Easy. Oh, I don't know if they use double-sided sometimes, but anyways. Yeah, we're, we're done here. We're we've, losing we've our rambled minds. On. We have yeah. parts falling off of us. This is crazy. All right, guys. Have fun. Enjoy your summer. Till next time. Think next week, according to our schedule, this is coming out right before 4th of July. So, uh, you know, go drink your face off happy, or something. Happy or birthday, don't. America. He says sadly. As he Another should. one. Survived <laughs> another year. Now it feels just like the rest of us. So I guess I'm kind of happy about that. Little schadenfreude. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Have fun. Bye. Bye.